This episode is brought to you by ShowMeTheCovers.com. Use Grapple for 25% off. <laughs> Alrighty, folks, we're back with another episode of Elite Edition. I'm Max Priest being joined, of course, by Nick Braxton. Nick, another dynamite in the books. Uh, we'll get into it here in a second, but how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing not too bad myself. How about you? Not, not too shabby. It's it's uh, a few days removed from this dynamite, but hey, for me, the NHL playoffs are going on, and that's, that's, that's a good time for me. That's what I live for. Yeah, again, some... Scheduling conflicts come into play, but we got the May 19th edition of Dynamite back in the books, and we're ready to talk about it here on the Elite Edition. Absolutely. Um, well, I, let's not wait any further. Let's just jump right into it. Um, let's get right into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Let's just go. It started with a match, but I don't think it, there's anything before the match, right? Intro video, and boom, uh, we get a match, and it's Christian Cage against Matt Seidel. Uh, this is, you know, a staple for Dynamite. It's nice to have a good match start the show off rather than a 15-minute promo where music hits and somebody interrupts and somebody else interrupts and all the nonsense that we've been uh, accustomed to usually on Mondays and Friday nights. Uh, but we do get Christian Cage and Matt Seidel squaring off Taz on commentary. So we get a little recap of Christian and Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, we get a little recap from the Seidels and Hobbs and Hook that took place on Elevation. Uh, this match, man, I just, like I said, Dynamite starting out with good matches, good solid matches, 10 to 15 minutes long. Uh, and they're putting it out there each and every week. In this match, both men looked, looked like strong and smart wrestlers, like veterans, which both are. Both have different skill sets. Christian, you know, is the more technical of the two, and Matt Seidel is the high flyer. Uh, but overall, a good match and a lot of talk about the Casino Battle Royale for this upcoming Sunday's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Yeah, and, and the reason there was so much talking about the pay-per-view and a lot of the pay-per-view hype was you have two guys in said match, but these two guys sold their asses off and cut such a good pace that it allowed the commentators to give you 15 minutes of advertisement for the pay-per-view and really promote this match. Um, great selling in this match by both guys. Great pace again. Um, every spot meant something. Every it, it was again to your point an excellent opening match. Very solid and you know Christian just continues to deliver with three and zero. Outstanding match after outstanding match. So yeah, these solid matches. These solid matches are to be expected to start dynamite now. Um, great action here, Matt Seidel. Here uh, towards the finish, Seidel rolled through and uh, took an ankle pick on Christian. He went for a standing shooting star. I'm not not shooting star pressing, sorry, uh, but a standing moonsault. And Christian got his knees up. He popped right up and hit the kill switch for a quick one, two, three. I think this was like a 12 to 15 minute somewhere in their match. Uh, Christian picks up the W, headed into the Casino Battle Royale. Uh, after the the end of the match, respect shown between Seidel and Christian. That's when Taz gets up from the commentary booth, starts talking shit. Good old Ricky Starks music hits. We get to see Ricky. Thankfully, he's out walking. He's all right. He says that he has some business to handle with Christian. And he called out Team Taz. 
come on out and everybody's looking at the tunnel. And while everybody's looking at the tunnel, old Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs, they attacked from the crowd. They jumped the rail, jump in from the crowd. Good old Hangman comes out for the save. Hangman Adam Page, because uh, he's got his match with Brian Cage coming up Sunday at Double or Nothing. When he came out, uh, Hook wound up taking out the leg of Hangman, and Brian Cage hit a big power bomb to end this little tussle as we go into a card rundown. But before we get into the card rundown, your thoughts on what is tonight's first post-match beatdown? <laughs> well, yeah, as, as it goes to the AEW, you always expect something to happen after the bell. Um, I, you know, I, I, I like that they had to get get this in there. They're, they're putting some steam on the match. They're not killing it with multiple segments. You're cramming it all into one. But at the same time, the misdirection of coming now from the crowd is the new it's, it's a new thing. It's it's become a weekly development where it, it's the new it's the new music hits during the middle of a match and the guy looks at the the Tron and gets rolled up. That's what it seems to me. It's yeah, just, yeah. And the prob the problem with this is is becoming is becoming episodic where we're seeing people come from the crowd and we expect from the ramp, but we're in still in a venue where it's not like it's a packed floor. So the guys in the ring look like idiots for not being able to see these guys coming from, you know, it's an empty stadium for the whole bottom part there for the most part. The fans are all way up in the seats. It's just not the time to do it. You got to do that when you have full crowd and you can get guys to come through and, you know, the, the guys in the ring don't look stupid. Get a better reaction because this was one of those pre-taped dynamites where they tape on a Thursday the night after the live dynamite, yeah. so. Uh, At least they're not coming from where the cars all park anymore. That used to be the <laughs> weekly, that used to be the weekly thing where the car pulls up and or guys come from there. But yeah, you know, I, I, I mean it 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 does a good job of of building. You want to put something with Cage and Hangman. Yeah, it does yeah. something for the Battle Royal. It, it serves its purpose. It's just there's probably better ways of doing it. You'll um, see as as we go through the show, the rundown of this whole show. Um, this is. This is uh, a trend. Y- y- yep. Yeah, we'll <laughs> leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> but after this match, we get a little quick card rundown. So tonight on Dynamite, we have the main event will be. What was the main event here? <laughs> uh, the main event was the Young Bucks and, Blondes, and, right? and Varsity Blondes for the tag team titles. We also had the NWA Women's Championship being defended by champion Serena Deeb taking on Red Velvet. We also will hear from the Pinnacle. We'll get Anthony Agogo in action, taking on Austin Gunn of the Nightmare Family. Also, AEW Women's Champion Sheeta, Hikaru Sheeta, will be taking on Rebel, not Reba, with Britt Baker, DMD, the number one contender. We also get the Inner Circle's response to the Pinnacle, and we get to we get the whole Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy pack saga continuing on here we'll also hear from the new tnt champion miro as well as the match that'll be coming up next the claimed taking on the tag team of john moxley and eddie kingston but before that yep go ahead no before that we got a we got a little promo yeah varsity uh, blondes varsity blondes alongside with julia hart looks like she Mm -hmm. will be uh seconding them from now on uh, but this is really the first time we're hearing these guys 
talk realistically, getting yeah. time on dynamite and talking. I mean, I'm sure we've heard him on uh, dark and dark elevation, but first time being on the big screen TNT. And this was a pretty good promo for Brian Pillman Very Jr. Good. and Griff Garrison. Very passionate promo. And Pillman did great, and Griff did too. Telling a, yeah. a little historical story there uh, of him working the merch table for the Bucks back in, I don't know, 2018 or something. But this was yeah. a really good way to set the table for tonight and really give the spotlight to these young guys, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. Absolutely. This promo made you think these guys had a chance to win the titles tonight. Going into this show, you assumed they had no chance to win anything. Um, they thought this was just going to be a squash match for the Bucks, essentially, right? And then you, you get this promo and you're like, well, maybe they will do a slip on a banana peel finish here and the Varsity uh, Blondes have a chance to win it. And that's a very good promo. That's good television. Yeah, Matt sent us in the commercial break. Coming back, we get a couple pre-tape promos for the match next, and that would be Moxley and Kingston, and then a promo from the acclaimed. Moxley and Kingston, they had a little bit of tag team rankings talk and some more joking ha-ha stuff, which I'm just not into. Yeah, it's silly, better than normal. I mean, they've had some dumber, sillier ones, but still just silly. And Moxley and Kingston, great, serious promos. They're not good funny promos (laughs) what do they say funny doesn't equal money that is evident with these two well yeah well it does funny equals money it depends on who the funny is we'll leave it at that yeah okay doesn't make it doesn't equal top guy money and these guys can cut top guy money promos well the next match is mox and kingston taking on the acclaimed Real quick, some little notes here. One this thing week, I want to say about the Acclaims promo, followed up with their entrance, Anthony Bowen sucks. He <laughs> might be the worst guy on this television show. He just has, he brings nothing to the table with, uh, on this week's episode. He brings nothing to the table, I feel like. He has no charisma. His, his promo, just not believable at all. And then when he seconds uh what is it caster caster cuts a decent little rap and bowens comes in afterwards and it's just get him out of here <laughs> this guy needs to go back to wrestling school so this week john moxley does not have the trogs playing him out he's got the uh the major league version of wild thing the yeah. rick vaughn version of wild thing they got it right they got him the x version we talked about that a little bit last week Caster did cut a little rap in which he mentioned some oral sessions with one Renee, uh, you know, Mox's wife. And there was a, a big jump start there. Moxley and Kingston jump start this match. And Caster really took a beating in the start of this match. Uh, Caster wound up cutting Eddie Kingston off with a top rope drag and screw leg whip. We went to pitcher and pitcher during this match. Man, ah. Let me continue with this. Uh, towards the end of the match, near the finish, we get the old Caster throws a chain into Anthony Bowen's spot. The ref obviously sees it. Caster slides in with the boom box. He winds up losing it to Moxley. Moxley smashes Caster with the boom box. We get a wheelbarrow paradigm shift combination for the one, two, three. Moxley and Kingston win the match. This is what I have for this. I want. Moxley and Kingston to go back to singles, still be affiliated, 
but not as a regular tag team. I do not want to see them win the tag team titles. Let the let the Bucks go over. Let those two these two Moxley and Kingston are so good on the stick, so good in singles, one on one interactions. Let them let them stay affiliated. Let them get their little angles in with whomever else, and let those angles build to a tag team match. Maybe not. These guys shouldn't be a working tag team. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And then, and in this case here with this match, like the way the beginning started and everything, I just wish this was this ended before we went to picture and picture. Moxley and Kingston already had the match, squash him, beat him, get him over with, move on to the next thing. Um, I just felt this match went way too long. But I agree. Like these guys are better in singles. Like I was saying, they're they're they cut, they're two best serious promos in the company, and they're having them cut. Funny, silly, stupid ha promos. It's just not working for me. The match was fine. It was long, probably too long. It served its purpose to get Moxley and Kingston over and establish the team and getting them a way to get them into this luxurious top five ranking that is so prestigious to get anymore. But um, outside of that, it, it's it's just it was just too long for me. And I'm with you. Get these guys out of the division. They're they need to be singles guys. Yeah. Get Anthony Bowens off TV. Keep him on dark for a year until he can develop some kind of charisma and character. After that tag match, we went to the back. Alex Marvez was trying to interview Chris Jericho, who was standing there alongside the Iceman Dean Malenko. Basically, Jericho just told Marvez that he will hear what he has to say the same time as everyone else. They made a little joke about Man of a Thousand Holds, Man of a Thousand and Four. Nice little throwback there. Yeah. Just a quick little segment. And we head back to the ring. Old Tony Schiavone in ring with Scorpio Sky and the all-ego Ethan Page. Sky basically talking down to Sting. Tells Sting to step aside or he'll put him down. All-ego. He's talking about Darby Allen. That Ethan Page will be the final nail in Darby's coffin. Obviously, this has to bring out a confrontation. So out comes yeah. Sting. Sting out through the uh, tunnel way, and we get our second from the crowd attack. As Darby attacks from behind with a skateboard, a la Team Taz in the in the first segment, winds up tossing Ethan Page out of the ring. Sting wound up putting Scorpio Sky in a Scorpion Deathlock. You know, those guys scatter, go up the ramp towards the tunnels, and the Dark Order actually came out of both tunnels, blocking their way out where they had to skedaddle out through the crowd themselves. So we get a little bit of Dark Order interaction with Sting and Darby, which we've seen over the past couple re- weeks. I mean, I the, this, this I thought, builds to what to a match that we're going to have on pay-per-view. Yes, promos were good. My biggest thing here is another out of the crowd, out from behind attack. On top of that, I have an issue with that. But my biggest issue with the whole segment, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I need to hit the cough button there. Why do we need a match at this point? Sting and Darby Allen just whipped their ass. There's no heat. Those promos were great. They established two guys that don't have much TV. Take a little sip there for the throat. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, these, this established two guys that haven't really had a chance to talk on TV and establish their characters much. They're involved in a high-profile feud. Let these guys have some freaking heat. AEW has a hard time of keeping heat on people. Like they're they're so quick to have the baby faces always go up and go up and go up and go up 
And here's another example where Darby and Sting clean house. Why do why do I even need to see this match now? There's no all heat that was gained in those promos completely gone and eradicated. He threw yeah. him down the steps a few weeks ago. Darby lost the belt. There's just no freaking heat here. So I mean, why do I need the match? The heat that they do get, I mean, the most lasting heat that they had was throwing Darby down the stairs. The other heat that Sky and Paige get is in the middle of Darby matches attacking Sting. Yeah. And, and it's not like they stay on the attack. This also goes into uh, the rush ending of a lot of these dynamites where they get a bunch of heat real quick as we got to go and the show's over. So it's not heat that really stays in their mind, in, in one's mind. It's it's just too quick, really. But, and, and, and now that they just, I mean, they clean their clocks. And I thought Sky cut a great promo on Sting. Paige's promo a little bit over the top. I'd like to see him. I like the intensity and the passion behind it. We'd love to see him dial it down a little bit, like calm down, bud. Like, you know, we, you know, but good promos. You, you got the point across. These guys hate Sting and Darby Allen, and they've been beating the hell out of them for weeks. We finally hear from them. Why can't it just end with that? Why can't Sting and Darby Allen do what they do fantastically with Darby Allen every week with a nice little video package response? 30 seconds, boom, and you've got something going in towards the pay-per-view weekend, but it's just so repetitive, and why the baby face is going up here. Why can't Darby and Sting try to run them off? Uh, you know, they, they come get out shot to the, down. They, they, oh, either that or Darby and Darby and Sting come out, clear the ring, don't touch them. Yeah, powder they, out, run away. Page and Sky try to run away. Then you can bring your Dark Order out of the tunnel, and then they can skedaddle through the crowd. Yeah, ties Same everything. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, lots of heat. Yeah, and then they they look like cowards. But you haven't seen Sting and Darby Allen kick the shit out of them, and there's no purpose for even having a match now because I, I, I. Let's see what happens <laughs> on the special Friday night edition yeah. this upcoming week. I was like, well, you guys were building a real feud here, and now as you killed it in one episode, they're infamous for that. Uh, well, with, with I, doing and, too much too fast. And a lot of it has to do with. They wanted to build towards this tag match, but Darby was the TNT champ for most of the time that they should have been building to the tag match. Yeah. So. Weird. And, 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 and ironically enough, the promo that the segment that's coming after this to me is the other segment that's had similar booking with the heat. Get somebody gets heat, they've got heat, and then it quickly just gets taken right away from them. And the same thing's going to happen with this other program yeah. that they have going on. We went same to. Night. Yeah, we went to commercial break and came right back out with the pinnacle pre-taped. They're sitting down at dinner. I don't – MJF gives this promo in the beginning where he's, ha, 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 Chris Jericho, ha, 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 you made fun. Like, it wasn't my favorite MJF promo by any no. Dax cut a good promo. Dax was my favorite part of this. Uh, he went – he was talking about the pinnacle – should be done with the inner circle. We should be going after the titles here in AEW, not dealing with the inner circle. Yep. And then Spears goes off and assaults a waiter during this promo, and Tully winds up tossing the guy a wad of money, and like he didn't, like he didn't just assault some dude. <laughs> Whatever. See, I, I thought it was this was the segment that they needed a few weeks going into Blood and Guts. The intensity that they had here. 
of like Spears being on edge. It did a good job of establishing each guy individually character. Dax cut in the series promo wanting that the the glory and the the accolades. MJF stuck on Jericho. Spears being a little bit of a loose cannon. Wardlow had the interaction with the waiter at the beginning and you know put a little bit of fear into him. So the intimidator, the enforcer, if you will. I thought it was a fine segment, but I'm with you. The the, the verbiage of MJF was not his strongest stuff ever. Dax did a good job here, but I would. This was what I think a few weeks ago I said: put these guys in a limo, put them on a plane, put them wherever. This would have been perfect. Going into blood and guts a few weeks ago. Better, like better than that JR sit down that they did. But again, you're giving these guys who just won blood and guts. How much air time? How long did they? After they got bubbly bath last week and lost their heat there, then you're going to give them what about 45 seconds to a minute of TV time with this? Yeah, and then you're going to get the yeah. the glory horrors uh, are going to come out later on, these baby faces, and hit like a 7 to 10-minute segment. Again, just no heat on the pinnacle, even coming out of blood and guts. The focus has to stay on the inner circle. I know this segment's later on, jumping ahead, but it's just like, yeah, why? We're, we're close. Why? It's, it's only one commercial break away. <laughs> uh. Why do they get, like, the, the time here is ridiculous. And putting, putting... To the Darby Sky Point, like, okay, putting one thing in front of the crowd and one thing with a pre-tape, that's good because you don't need the interaction every week. And I like that they did this here, but the time needs to be more balanced out. And I mean, I get it. Jericho wants the people to sing Judas, and it's very satisfying and for him to have the crowd sing it every week. And they're cheated if they don't get to do that, in his opinion. And that's fine. He can think that he's deserved it. But getting 10 minutes of TV time every week to cut – cut the promo burying the heels who had the heat and just won the match takes all the steam away from him. I don't give a shit about stating of stampede after this episode of dynamite. No, because blood and guts was just, <laughs> I mean, on the scale of matches, you know, blood and guts is at the top of the mountain when it comes to blood feuds. And this is what this, it should be, but it really hasn't been anything but that match. Um, but moving on, Real quick, we get a little preview of Sunday night's uh, women's title match. A little preview because Hikaru Shida takes on Rebel with the accompanying number one contender, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Real quick, this was uh, Shida wins via submission. Britt attacks after the match. Curb stomps Shida on the title. Puts a little more heat on this match. Which yeah. realistically, they I, they haven't showcased they, Sheeta at all until no, tonight. And it was fine to showcase Sheeta. I mean, it puts her on TV, it gets the title Absolutely. on there. I don't think we needed the the post match attack. The, mind you, the third post match or promo attack <laughs> of the evening, and I yes. think we're almost halfway through the show at this point. Just yeah, because the yeah the kickoff the nine o'clock hour is the glory horse. So yeah, right before that, we get a little recap of Pack. Orange Cassidy, Kenny Omega from last week's number one uh, contenders match, the Eliminator match. We got a pre-tape from last week. Of- oh, one, one thing I did want to mention about the Ishida Rebel match with, with Britt Baker yeah. um, was they finally do showcase Ishida, and it's a strong match to get over, go over with Rebel, the finish with Britt Baker. Finally putting the heat on her, but I don't like it when the non-champion uses the title belt and then holds it up and stuff. It's just a pet peeve of mine. 
it's one thing for them to like look at it and have the moment for it, but I hate when they celebrate with it like as if they are the champion because it usually is, I don't know. It's, it's always been hey. a pet peeve of mine in wrestling. Well, if you're the bad guy and you want to grab, you, you want the title, do what you want. But so back to Omega. Take your own. I'll let you get back into it. Back to Omega, Don Callis, Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy in the trainer's room from last week after being, you know, knocked the hell out. Kenny Omega's talking about, hey, Orange, let's take you out of the match at double or nothing, and I'll guarantee you a shot, a one-on-one shot at a later date. You take yourself out of this triple threat match, um, you know, your health, not so much there. They hand him a, a contract, which Orange Cassidy, in turn, rips up as slow as anybody else, as anybody has ever ripped up a contract. Cassidy, not into it, it seems. So Omega and Callis, as smart businessmen they are, saw something like this possibly coming. Callis doesn't doesn't travel without two contracts, so just gives Orange the uh, the option to just keep this on the table, which we'll hear more on Friday night's Dynamite. So he's got the option to waive that triple threat match, get a one-on-one shot at a later date, but I don't think we're going to be seeing that. No, I liked the segment. It was a good use of uh, good use of the talent here trying to put feud on the team. I would have liked a little bit more mentioning of Pac on the triple threat and the emphasis of the triple threat there, but... No, Kenny and, and Callis established their characters. Orange Cassidy gets his character over. It's, it's a well-done segment. And, um, and you know, Callis is subtle. And you end dudes towards the concussion without saying the word concussion. It's always, always nice. And um, I think he mentioned, like, you know, make sure to not, not sleep tonight or something like that. And Get some rest. Sleep it over. Maybe you shouldn't because you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that got a little chuckle out of me. So, uh, no, I, I thought this was really good. It, it Hopefully... We'll see where this goes uh, with the Friday night episode, but this was a good segment. This was good TV. I, I enjoyed it. We went into commercial and came back out of commercial with what I don't think was a good segment. <laughs> and with, I think you uh, agree. Ni- with uh, the- 1997 Shane Douglas walking to the ring? It was the inner circle response. <laughs> with, again, no Santana. But Chris Jericho looks straight up like 1997 Shane Douglas. With the uh, old elbow gimmick, the elbow gimmick, the ponytail, and the beard. I need to find. I need to see a side by side of them, but that's he's, all I can see. He's not rocking black Shane and yellow. He's not rocking any uh, black and yellow. So if he does, then we can call it. Well, uh, I think of Shane Douglas. We was commentating whatever pay per view that was, ninety seven. Go to the deep pull, like much like Fort Lauderdale. You did last it, week. It was. Was it not Hardcore Heaven? <laughs> it might have been Hardcore Heaven 97 where he compensated, but he's had the genes. What was it? Re- Russell Palooza. But Russell Palooza. Or was that him and Al Snow? I think it was Russell Palooza. I think it was oh, yeah, Hardcore yeah. Heaven he did commentate, but he had the uh, the jeans and just like a black T-shirt not far off what Jericho's wearing here. That's what I was thinking was picturing that specific Shane Douglas. Anyhow, inner circle. Basically... Jericho was questioning if blood and guts was worth it. All the the stuff that the inner circle has been put through, not only him physically, but mentally, not only himself mentally, but his family mentally. Uh, the re- basically Jericho states that the revenge the inner circle will get will be worth it. Stadium Stampede 2 is on. It was an all right promo, but 
again, more more inner circle, not enough pinnacle, and not enough of these guys in the in the right setting. Yep, too long. Way too long. Well, and Sam Guevara, yeah. his promos just seem forced. I don't get it. I don't. I thought at first it was a gimmick, but now I'm beginning to think he just doesn't cut a strong promo. Does he? Has he really had a lot of one-on-one mic time? I mean, his his, his so, program with Matt Hardy would have been would have been good if Hardy didn't fall off a scissor lift and. Crack a skull like a watermelon. So as a as a as a heel, it's easier to cut promos. And Sammy as a slimy little heel cut good promos, or decent enough promos. I think it's a baby face. And in this role of serious tough guy baby face, he's struggling with it. Sammy as a baby face needs to be more like that laid back. He needs to be more like himself. He's a cool guy, and just be more himself. He's a natural baby face. In real life, so I think getting more of that across, but trying to be a tough ass kicker is not is not him. His him being in the inner circle kind of takes away his ability to be that cool, easy, laid back going guy, right. especially in this feud. So he, we know, like Sammy, guy's great, wealth of talent, ton of potential, but this isn't the role. Like, he was made for, you know? Right. You don't believe him. Santana and Ortiz, Ortiz might, you know, not much bigger than Guevara. They're similar size, but you believe Ortiz. Yes. You believe him. Well, as long as that promo was, this next one was just a sh- just shorter, way shorter. It was uh, another pre-tape promo with Jade Cargo and Tony Schiavone. It was quickly interrupted by a smart Mark Sterling Esquire. He was... Giving Jade the offer again, but this time playing it out a little differently. Jade, I'm not gonna be, I'm not. You're not gonna be working for me. I'm gonna be working for you. It was per, it was smart. It was well done. Yeah. She's gonna think about it. You know, he did bring up Vicky Guerrero and Matt Hardy. They already have women in their stables, so it's a conflict of interest. Jade says she'll think about it, but then kind of blew it off once Mark left. Asking who the hell that guy was again. It would be nice to see Mark uh, Mark Sterling there as as a at least for manager. a couple weeks. You know, at least get a couple weeks out of it, and, and then let her. You know, I would like to see this develop into something for a couple weeks, and then he sucks, so she gets rid of him, and then continues the search. Um, it says legs. I, I liked it. You know, like it's a similar. Similar to what they do, we're doing with Britt Baker. I feel like where it's give her these thirty-second pre-tapes, and it just builds it builds Jade Cargill. It's just building Jade Cargill up, much like it did with Britt Baker, and she's doing a good job with them. From what I've seen, what we had a, a quick interaction with Vicky Guerrero, a quick interaction, excuse me, interaction with Matt Hardy. Mark Sterling has had two or three interactions now, most TV time um, when it comes to this little angle. So nice to see that kind of keep going. See where that leads us. And at the end of that promo, that led us into the NWA Women's Championship match. Red Velvet taking on the returning Serena Deed, the champ. And this was another match that got off to a really quick hot start by Serena Deed. She was showing a new, like a newfound intensity in this match. Mm-hmm. She wasn't the sweet little Serena Deed, the, the 
hell of a wrestler, Serena Deeb. She was, yes, she still is a hell of a wrestler, but she showed up more intensity, more, um, what's, what's the, what am I looking to say here? Just the need to win, the need to just yeah, get competitive. In there, do, that was say competitive. Do edge. what needs to be done to get the victory and get the match over with, not getting paid by the hour. Yeah, I thought this did a good job putting emphasis on the title because of that. Like, she came in as the veteran, and she didn't overcross it to where she was full on heel. She just was like, "This title means a lot to me, Red Velvet. I'm gonna kick your ass, and like, I'm gonna bring it." And being the veteran and taking the heel role in the match is the best thing for Red Velvet, who's been established as a babyface, and. Giving Red Velvet a chance to get herself over, and I, I, I you know, the match felt rushed to me. Um, my thoughts on it, real quick, while I'm talking, is uh, felt rushed. There was one spot I absolutely hated, but I thought it had a really good finish, a really good, good like st- story compacted into this rushed nature. But I really liked the finish, and I liked Serena D's uh, attitude. I just hated that moonsaw off the apron spot. I just hated it. Yeah, Serena Deeb goes over with the Serenity Lock. We've seen that before, a la Conan, the Tequila Sunrise. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, new attitude, a more intense Serena Deeb. And I was talking to you earlier about this. I might be wrong, but watching this show, this was the first mention that I had heard that next week's Dynamite was going to be moved from Wednesday to Friday night. So I think we got NBA playoffs taking over the Wednesday night uh, slot on TNT. After this match, we go to a backstage pre-tape with Pac. He's looking for Omega. This was this was quick too, and basically Pac was asking what kind of fool would be betting against him at double or nothing. This didn't do too much for me. This wasn't the, the interaction no. I needed with Pac heading into a oh. world title match. No, Pac, great intensity, and I would have liked to have seen him cut inner circles time in half and give that to Pac. You know, because he's fighting for the championship, he should be getting more TV time than 15-second intense promo, although good, but very, although intense and serving its purpose, he's a guy who needs more time than than the inner circle with their promo every week. I don't hate the inner circle. I just hate the, the, the way that the angle's being booked and they're being presented. Uh, let us commercial break. And coming out of commercial break, we get... The Nightmare Factory is, I'm sorry, the Nightmare, yeah, well, he was part of the Nightmare Factory, too, but the Nightmare Family is Austin Gunn of the Gun Club. He's in so many damn things, I guess, it's hard to keep up with. Uh, He's taking on Anthony Gogo of the Factory, and this was another match that got a jump start. Austin Gunn off with a jump start. Uh, He did show a lot of fire. This is a young white meat baby face, as JR likes to say. Uh, He showed a lot of fire before Gogo hit that bolo shot. And he hit it again. Oh, go, go, did. And Austin Gunn bleeding from the mouth. You think Bryce Remsburg, excuse me, Bryce Remsburg is going to call this match. Uh, but go, go, stays on Gunn. Gunn gets up. Anthony Gogo pops him up, hits him with a big old right. And that is it. Bryce Remsburg calls the match. At that point, Anthony Gogo grabbed a flag. Cody and uh, Cody and Arn come in. Somehow, some reason, Aaron Solo hands a Gogo the UK flag. Why? Why are you know Aaron Solo's out there? QT Marshall's out there. Nick Camarado, Mister Personalities out there. I'm assuming all three of them are from the United States of America, right? 
think so. I think so. Why? Well, they hate America too. Are they the new un-Americans? Maybe. Are they sorry? Maybe. Or, or or maybe they're just really really supportive of of, of supportive of Ogogo's um, nationality. Whatever. Still doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, you know, UK is not exactly. Uh, we talked about this. Hey. I thought the bell to bell of this was great. I yeah. liked it. I thought it did a great job of. It, 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 it's what what I say every week with with booking. You, there's four things you want to answer. Ogogo goes over. Austin Gunn gets he gets a good rub and going over. He's going to be a tough guy. He's going to answer the bell, answer the fight, giving it all. And Ogogo keeps the heat there. Would have liked to seen Billy come out and check on his boy, but I mean, like I get it for for the post bell. I didn't really care for what happened to your point with Solo. Them handing him the flag and it's just Cody and. Was it Cody and Lee Johnson checking on him? Or oh, Arn, I thought. It was, was it, I thought there was somebody else out there with Cody and Arn. Um, or it might have been his brother. It might have been Colton. But I was like, where's the hell's Billy? Like, why is Billy not coming out here uh, to check on his boy? But Ogogo looked like both, a monster. Both guys, you know, not been in the business very long. But they both look good. And they both played their roles very well here. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, we moved down to a quick little SCU recap. Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian were in the back with Alex Marvez. Before they even start this promo, Daniels takes Frankie to the side, whispers something to him, and leaves. Which, before we get into Kazarian's promo, why, what was the point of even having a, a words from SVU just for that? Like, it was just awkward. Exactly. Like, like oh, Daniels is going to stand there and be like, okay, I got to do a promo. No, you know what? I'm not going to. <laughs> right. Maybe uh, you lead with Kazarian's promo, and then when they go to Daniels to talk, and he does that at the end, and have them both out there the whole time, just thought it was really odd for him to walk away at the beginning of it. Yeah, and Kaz, Kaz just blames the elite. He, and he says he's going to be on a hunting spree. He's going to hunt each and every single one of them down. So you got the elite nowadays consists of Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, the Young Bucks, Brandon Cutler, Don Cals, who is that? I think that's Nakazawa. all. Nakazawa. Oh, Michael Nakazawa, yeah. He's the. Uh, so we can expect to see Nakazawa and Cutler. We can see Nakazawa and Cutler getting picked off here real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a bad promo, though. No, I like the promo. It gives Kazarian direction. He's good, good talent, good hand, and it's something for him. Just weird. Just a weird start to it. Quick pitcher and pitcher break, which brings back Sammy Guevara's uh, signature signs. And More inner his circle. Sign, his sign, <laughs> state, Stampede, Stadium Stampede 2, is a go. Which we thought it was last week. Yeah. <laughs> Just more inner circle. Need to get him on TV as much as possible. <laughs> All right. Coming back from that break, we get the new TNT champion, Miro, he's out in the ring, cutting a promo. He's got an open shot on the line next Friday, the special edition of Dynamite. That was quickly interrupted by the man he will be facing at Double or Nothing, the Murder Hawk Monster, Monster, Lance Archer, and, of course, the Snake Man. Yeah. Jake the Snake (laughs) Roberts. 
Old Lance said he's going to make Miro his Bulgarian bitch, which Miro laughs at, laughs it off because he's heard that once or twice. Miro really harped on the fact uh, that Lance Archer has his old man and Jake Roberts having to hold him back the whole time. He's got a couple yoga jokes for old Jake there. And Miro states, you know, Lance Archer likes to talk about everybody dies. Yes, everybody dies, but Miro insists that Lance Archer dies first. Unique promo. Uh, didn't hate it. Didn't love it. It just it, it builds to a match. Um, my, I don't know if it was announced here or maybe it's later, but I have my notes. I, I don't recall. I just put, why Dante Martin with a question no, mark? No. So real quick, yeah. <laughs> Miro comes out to cut this promo, and this is, what, a three-minute segment? Three and a half Something minutes? Something like that, yeah. Open shot Friday night. I guess Dante Martin just hauled ass to Tony Khan and Gorilla and said, I want that shot. Because (laughs) Archer leaves and Miro, they go to the graphic, oh, next week, Miro, TNT Championship (laughs) against Dante Martin of Top Flight. So that was really quick. Very Uh, quick. And why him? Why, like, just open challenge, I guess. But Yep. Well, next week, card rundown real quick. We do have that TNT title match set. Miro and Dante Martin. We're going to see the bad boy Joey Janela take on Hangman Page. We'll get the weigh-in for Cody Rose and Anthony Agogo, which AEW does a pretty good job with these types of segments. So yeah. be... who, who did the weigh-in? Was it Jericho and Cody? Or was it Jericho and... Moxley. Moxley, yeah, it was. We'll also get a open challenge from Jade Cargo, so... I mean, why, if she would have just gave her open challenge during that pre-tape, they would have had a match already set. She could have just trained for it all week. Yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. We'll also get a celebration of the inner circle. Again, I feel like we've done this before. Yeah, the War Council, Peace Treaty, uh, whatever it is, just more inner circle just so fans can sing Judas live. We'll also get the Dark Order's Evil Uno and Stu Grayson taking on the tag team of All Ego, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky. Darby Allen will take on Cesar Bononi. We'll get a one-year anniversary celebration of Hikaru Shida becoming the AEW Women's Champion. And we'll also get an answer from Orange Cassidy as it pertains to Kenny Omega and Pac in the three-way match at Double or Nothing. Then it was announced that at Double or Nothing... Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page will be taking on Sting and Darby Allen. This will not be a cinematic match. I love how they had to point this out. This will not be a cinematic match. This will be the first time in, what is it, seven years, six years, that Sting will be wrestling in front of a live crowd. Yeah. That was the big announcement. Tag, t- tag title match up next. So we went to commercial break. Thoughts about next week's card? Um... I mean, Janela and Hangman Page, it'll be a good win for Hangman Page. I, just ho- I hope they don't try to replicate, what was it, All Out that they did their match at? All In. All In? Um, Cracker Barrel the, match? The, yeah, the three-way, was it him? It was Joey, Hangman Page, and I thought it was Jimmy Havoc. doing a one-on-one. Oh, I don't know. And, then, and that's when the Penis <laughs> Druids came out afterwards, I think. No, I thought Jimmy Havoc was in that match, too. Could have been. I don't remember. But all I know is I hope that they don't 
reference that match as they try to replicate stuff from that match because Hangman Page and Joey Janela are two completely different levels on the card, and Hangman Page steamrolled them within like seven minutes. Should be a five to seven minute match, and Hangman Page needs to look strong going into a match with Brian Cage and Joey Janela. Doesn't need to look like anything but Joey Janela. I think they'll have a good match. I'm looking forward to the Cody Rhodes, Anthony Agogo weigh-in. Miro and Dante Martin should be good, too. I think Dante Martin will get some offense in just here and there. I think Miro, when he needs to eat him up, he'll eat him up. Yeah. Yeah, he'll give the kid a good good shine when it's time. And, yeah, Miro's he's good. He'll know know what's up. I have confidence that'll be fine. Um yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to Double or Nothing because there's a couple matches that have interest, but next week's show just seems like it's just going to get us there going into the big weekend. Yeah, well, main event time, AEW Tag Team title match, the challengers, the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison alongside Julia Hart will be taking on the Young Bucks. Don Callis out on commentary for this match. Just get into it. Blondes look good to start. Man, they had some good shine, and the Bucks wind up cutting them off, and that takes us into pitcher and pitcher break. <laughs> Coming out, Griff Garrison got a great hot tag at one point. He's got a he's got a good hot tag with fire and basic moves. Yeah. You know, he gets a back elbow, back body drop, some splashes in the corner, and then the big move to end it is that double spear he gets, which looks really nice. Yeah, I put great hot tag by Garrison, great fire. Uh, that's a good, that's probably one of the better hot tags that AEW's had in a long time. Yep. Matt wound up putting Brian Pillman Jr. in a sharpshooter, and Brandon Cutler jumped up on the apron to distract referee Rick Knox. Old Nick Jackson used the cold spray on Brian Pillman Jr.'s eyes. Thought this was going to be it, but no, it was broken up by Griff Garrison. Old Nick Jackson winds up super kicking Griff Garrison, and he feigns an injury for attention, like he twisted an ankle or popped something when he hit that super kick. That brought Rick Knox over to Nick as he was selling. And Brandon Cutler winds up giving some more cold spray to Matt Jackson, and at this time, Julia Hart jumps up on the apron and gets referee Rick Knox's attention. And actually, like, this is one of the first times I've seen somebody jump up on an apron to point something out, and the referee doesn't just come over and say, hey, you need to get down. Oh, you're actually pointing something out, and it's actually happening. So, yeah, Rick Knox wound up getting rid of that spray. And we got a quick inside cradle. Or, I'm sorry, Rick Knox got rid of the spray, and Matt got another can and wound up, as Rick Knox was getting rid of the spray, wound up going over to Julia Hart and spraying her in the eyes. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming, but I liked it. And it wound up turning around and getting a quick inside cradle by Brian Pillman Jr. for a nice near fall. And this goes back to what we were talking about with that promo earlier. The promo that they cut earlier made you believe, okay, these guys could win this match. And this was a great false finish for them to have. Really was a really close to and really good false finish. Yep, I agree. And Matt Jackson went right back to the sharpshooter after that because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And as as he had uh, Pillman in that sharpshooter, 
Nick Jackson hit his slingshot X factor onto Brian Pillman. That looked great. Did his little gimmick to the outside onto the apron with the moonsault to take out Griff Garrison. And this wound up to be the finish. Brian Pillman Jr. taps. And, hey, I've got written down here. Varsity Blondes get a hell of a rub. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks continue to look good as heels using the heel tag, the, the cold spray, the referee distractions. I, I, I don't want to see Rick Knox ref every Young Bucks match. Let's just put it that way. But yeah. Rick Knox is awful, but you know what? This was a match that, on paper, I uh, I wasn't sure how, I, you know, not a match I wanted to see, per se. Didn't care about it. Blonde's got a great promo, made me intrigued. It's, it's guys that I'm not really necessarily huge fans of either, but I thought this was an excellent match. Really, really good job by old teams that book ended the show nicely. That false finish that you pointed out with Brian Pillman Jr., I, I had the same note of, like, the promo set that false finish up perfectly, the slip on a banana peel, cold spray spot. Um, I just thought really well done. Bucks looked strong. They got the win when they needed to. It, it definitely elevated the blondes. Um, but, yeah, the, the but Bucks. Yeah. Uh, oh, but wait, there's more, of course. It's yeah. not over because <laughs> we get John Moxley and Eddie Kingston coming out. We get a square. Yeah square off they stare each other down we'll get a brawl and the young bucks wind up getting choked out by moxley kingston real quick kingston steals the the dior's the dior jordans that they were wearing funny haha more there but that was like the end of the show we got a quick double or nothing match rundown and that was it and i I must i missed that last second i probably flipped it back over to hockey Uh, i saw john moxley kingston come out i did not see him steal the dior's though but uh, that, 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 so okay. Well, this, well, is going off, this is going off my uh, just memory here. We have the Casino Battle Royale. Yeah. We've got the Young Bucks taking on Moxley and Kingston for the AEW Tag Team Titles. Yes. We have Sheeta taking on Britt Baker DMD for the AEW Women's Championship. Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Miro. Defending the TNT Championship if he makes it through Dante Martin on Friday night. Of course. Against the Murder Hawk Monster, Lance Archer. Yeah. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page taking on Sting and Darby Allen. Stadium Stampede Part 2, the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. Anthony Agogo versus Cody Rhodes. And if I'm not mistaken, the only other match would be possibly a three way match. For the AEW World Title, Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Nice word of the use, possibly there. And another thing I didn't mention with that segment with Omega, Callis, and Cassidy was it does give them an out if Cassidy is not medically cleared um, yep. legitimately. Like that segment set him up for an out. So we'll see. No, that's that. I think he touched everything um, for the rundown for that. And uh, I guess we just got our top three, bottom three. Left yeah. to do, right? Yep. Sounds Let's like you got a lot bottom. of bottom three, so uh, you might as well go ahead with your first bottom three. My number three for my bottoms, my, my bottom bitches right here. <laughs> I have the Moxley Kingston pre-tape as my number three bottom down. That was bad. I put Anthony Bowens as my number three. <laughs> I mean, that kind of ties into that whole segment. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my number two, man, Pinnacle and Inner Circle promos. 
didn't I, like yeah. didn't like either of them really. And this Inner is just Circle more... promo is my number two, so yeah, same thing. All right, don't tell me we have the same number one because my yes. number. You go first. My number one is Darby and Sting whipping Sky and Page. All right, that's one fourth of my number one. Okay. Because <laughs> my it's number one post-match. is four post match or post promo attacks. Team Taz, Sting and Darby Allen, uh, Britt Baker, and then at the very end, Moxley and Kingston. That's four yeah. post match or post promo attacks on a two hour show. That's one yeah. every 30 minutes. <laughs> Not good. No. It's, it's, uh, some people may call that lazy booking. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, it is. Could have been better things to be done with these guys. Yeah. Or, you know, some of these didn't even have to happen, like we talked about with Sting and Darby. Let's find some positives here. All right, what's your number three? My number three positive, actually, is Anthony Agogo, uh, Austin Gunn, but mainly Anthony Agogo's performance and establishing him as uh, a threat. All right. Well, my number three was Christian Cage versus Matt Seidel. That's my number two. Solid match. I actually switched, switched my number two and number three. So my number two is actually the Varsity Blondes promo in the beginning of the show. I, okay. That really had a lasting impression throughout the whole show for me, yeah. uh, leading into the main event. Well, that's my number one. Uh, it was Varsity Blondes' overall performance from promo to match really elevated them, and then just you know everything the Varsity Blondes were involved with was was a number one thing on the show. Yeah, I've got Bucks and Blondes as my number one on the show. The match was really good. It was entertaining. Blondes looked. I mean, like we talked about, they got a really good rub out of this match, and the Bucks more heel than ever now. Keep continuing that heel train going. We're, they're staying on that track, which is nice because, as you talked about before, the Bucks were kind of all over the place uh, leading into them, you know, I guess joining match. back joining back with the uh, Elite. Yeah. So. yeah. No, I a good match. I think we were kind of on the same page there with our strengths and weaknesses of the show. Uh, but outside of that, we had some big other big news with uh, not only AEW, but with Impact, which uh, ties in with AEW this week. I'll touch on the Impact thing first. Don Callis is no longer a, uh, I don't know what his title was, Vice President? Executive EVP, Executive Vice President. Yeah. Of, of Impact, which... May tie to those rumor allegations from a while back. May tie to just him being involved with AEW. Don't know. Seems kind of out of left field to me, but found it interesting. I, hey, it is what it is. I I don't want to speculate on rumor and innuendo. Sure. So I, hey, he was running it, uh, Impact with Demore for, you know, since they, they both came back. Impact is better than they have been in a long, long time. So Impact's doing things right. Don in AEW is always a plus. He's yep. great on commentary. He's got a great mind. I don't know if it's just too much work or what, or if he, yeah, it might just be a, a title thing. Who knows? Uh, we'll see it play out. But until something is actually, you know, solidly reported as fact, 
I don't like to go off much speculate. I don't like to take speculation or rumor as fact and talk about it like that. Fair enough. The other thing that is fact is that uh, Dynamite's going to be moving to TBS in 2022. That is true. And not only are we going to get Dynamite on TBS in 2022, actually this year, I believe it's in August, we're going to get a Friday night show. What is it? Rampage? Yeah, Rampage. And that's quarterly, it sounded like, almost like Clash of the Champions. No, no, no. No, they're going to have a Friday night show, Rampage. And then they're going to have a quarterly show on TNT. Oh, that's what that was. Okay, I missed what yes. I misread that then. So we're going to get, I believe it's only going to be an hour show, if I'm not mistaken. It might be two, but it starts at 10 o'clock. So already they're smart. They know SmackDown off the air at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. That it can lead right into AEW at 10 o'clock. So we'll get at least three hours of TV time of AEW during the week. And yeah, quarterly specials. So some Clash of the Champion-esque programming on the old Turner Broadcasting System. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that this comes right after Turner made the deal with the NHL um, to where next NHL season they'll be having games with TNT. Um, so it's just strange how the NHL has been so involved with this AEW, WWE well, situation. You mean, well, so NHL, NBA, both on Turner Networks, both on TNT, it only makes sense to move AEW over to TBS where they can't, they won't be preempted on a Wednesday night. They won't no. be preempted on a Friday night. You know, barring uh, divisional round action when it comes to uh, Major League Baseball, because baseball's on That's, TBS, yeah. but we'll, we'll deal with that. As it as it may come, and th- again, that's playoffs, so that's for a very limited time. Whereas the NBA playoffs and then NHL being regular on Wednesday nights, definitely dig into uh, AEW bro- broadcast times. Um, I'm hoping that they start Dynamite at 8:05. That you know, hey, why not? Why not throw a, a show on at 6:05 on a Saturday? I'd pop for it. <laughs> Nobody watches anything live, really, anyways. It'd just be DVR'd, so what the heck. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I thought that was interesting news coming out of it. Um, so, we'll, yeah, we'll be have to get used to TBS. I don't think it affects the TV contract at all since it's the same parent company. No, people I, – I, a lot of the stuff I was reading on, like, comments and everything was like, oh, it's such a – you know, TBS is such a downgrade from T. No, they're the same. They're basically the same thing. They just have some a little bit of different programming here, a little yeah. bit of different programming here. It's not like ESPN and ESPN2. They're equals. They're owned right. by the same company. It's not a downgrade. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's a parallel move. Um, the original programming on TNT is probably more of a. Um, it gets more mainstream attention. They have more, like, shows. But TBS, it's one of the original cable channels. It's like USA. It's, it's like CNN. It's just these, these channels that have been around for... I mean, TNT was the new Turner cable channel um, in the 90s. It didn't yeah. exist until the 90s. So I mean, T- TBS, at this point, like you were saying, they are an original cha- uh, cable channel. Yeah. But if I look at their lineup... 
it's not really like they have original programming on here, whereas TNT does have a lot of yeah. one-hour-long series that are original programming. TBS now will have the original programming of AEW, put more eyes onto that network as well. They have baseball, and, there's, and, and they've been doing that. I think that Wipeout show is on TBS. There's a few shows TBS yep. has. So it seems like they're trying to use AEW as part of this new initiative for TBS. And I don't look at it as a downgrade at all. If anything, that to me is a parallel move, but it's just why not take AEW, put it there, put your NHL and NBA. I mean, those seasons aren't year-round. Put them on TNT. Let TNT kind of be more of that that new that cutting edge, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, and then let TBS be old faithful. You know, I mean, AEW being with it's good, not a bad thing. What is on TBS anyways besides like Andy Griffith in the morning? I was gonna say there's a lot King of, of Family Queens, Guy on there. King of Queens, Family Guy, American Dad, Friends. Those are like the five shows that are on there. Yeah, I think Big Bang Theory. Oh. It's all syndicated programming. <laughs> yeah, so fresh programming for yeah. TBS. Yeah, and, and that's only a good thing for AEW. Um, and there were hotels within, not in not anymore, but 10 years ago, there were hotels that didn't have TNT in it. Um, they had TBS, they didn't have TNT. So households and, and tbs just being that grandfather station makes a difference i don't know what seedy motels you've been staying in <laughs> well the wyndham resort in indianapolis indiana maybe well you know i i hear <laughs> i hear there's a, a lot of crosses uh in that wyndham resort in fact there's one big cross that you can find leaning on a wall on occasion in uh, the wyndham and a lot That's of spirituality it. in that corner not only is it it made an appearance in the corner of a convention, but also at the bar out of a convention. <laughs> Indeed, it did. Indeed, it did that. That was very spiritual. Sorry. Radio uh, for two years. Yes. Yeah. Being holy. Love, Love you, Mordecai. Hey, there's a snake man at that hotel, too. And voodoo. voodoo. Beware of the voodoo. Well, that's it and over with. I don't know. We're, we haven't even talked. Like, show meeting. We haven't even talked. Hopefully, we can get an episode of uh, the Elite Edition done, possibly early Saturday morning. I will be uh, on location at the lake. I will be uh, early Saturday morning. Will work. I'll actually be heading out towards your stomping grounds Saturday with a a good friend of ours. Uh, He's going to be grappling on a show there in Mishawaka, Indiana. Um, I'm ride along with him, I think. So not sure what time that all is, but we can probably squeeze it in either late Friday night or early Saturday morning. All right. I, well, I sleep in on the weekend, so I'll be up at 6.30. Okay. Well, I'll probably be up at like 9. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, another good episode of the Elite Edition in the books. Follow us on our social medias. I am at N Johnson 8604. He is at Matthew Priest. Well, Matthew underscore Priest, one T and Matthew. Um, I have a pro wrestling tea store. Uh, big sale this week, starting Wednesday through Sunday. Wednesday, May 26th through Sunday, the day before Memorial Day. It might actually go into Memorial Day. It goes day, into Memorial Day. But it's 20% off. Use the promo code Memorial. Get yourself a 
ramblings of a grappleman t-shirt and a live and kicking t-shirt or a old classic matthew priest t-shirt if you're interested more designs hopefully coming soon need to get an elite edition one up there um but yeah that's where we're at right now and uh it'd be cool if you bought one i think uh, a few folks have big shout out to those who have i appreciate it and um yeah we will have a new theme song for the show here and, and ramblings of grapplement overall here within the coming weeks as well as it has been uh it has been recorded from what i understand i am excited <laughs> that makes two of us i have not heard it yet but it has been recorded all right man well i will talk to you soon big weekend memorial day weekend friday night dynamite double or nothing on sunday can't wait it is big weekend, so yeah, we'll catch you guys later down the trail, um, and enjoy. It's a big AEW weekend.